Cricketing View, an irregular podcast about cricket and other things. Episode 1. My guest is Subhash Jairaman, the Bradman of cricket hobbyists. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Cricketing View podcast. This will be an irregular, opinionated podcast on subjects, sometimes topical, sometimes otherwise, which come to mind and which I find are underexplored in in the in the cricketing discourse so today i'm going to speak to subhash jairaman i've known subhash for more than a decade and he has covered cricket for more than a decade all over the world he is a blogger a podcaster a columnist and a reporter of cricket and he does all this while maintaining a day job in america he's an engineer by trade welcome subhash thanks for having me kathigaya so I, I wanted to talk to you, Subhash, because you're something of a unique figure, I find, in that you're not really a full-time reporter, but you have, over a decade, managed to cover a wide range of what I've come to see as you know disciplines within cricket coverage. So you, you've done podcasts, of course. You did the Cricket Couch for five years, from 2011 to 2016, and you've revived it now. You, you've covered tours, you've covered a World Cup, you've done commentary for Test Match Sofa as a guest. Tell me, has this been by design? Have you sought all these varied experiences? Uh, I wish uh, I could say it is all by design, but it is not. It's uh, an approach of taking life as it presents itself uh, more than anything. Um, comes from a realization that I had as you know, in my early 20s or something, probably watching some Hollywood movie, perhaps, uh, that uh, I shall not have regrets, um, you know, on my deathbed, which is that means that uh, I should do whatever that I can that is reasonable within reach, uh, with some work, uh, so on and so forth. So um, I've always obviously been interested in cricket and uh Living in the United States uh, as a student, uh, playing cricket as well, uh, and when the opportunity of writing about it, you know, with the blogging environment thriving, um, I took that up, and uh, that led to many things. And then social media allowed you to connect with uh, people across the world, um, so which allowed opened even more doors, and uh, I. I kept knocking on doors and, uh, you know, I would knock on 100 doors and maybe two will open, one will open, but, and that would lead to more doors. And so uh, things just kept happening as I kept uh, wanting to do more things, I suppose. So, you know, uh, being at Test Match Sofa in uh, London 2010, um, it was fun. Uh, it was uh, the 2010-11 Ashes that was being held in Australia and I had gone to London and did a few couple of days there um, on Test Match Sofa. It was fun. It was nice of Daniel Norcross to you know, allow me to be on. Uh, it was fun. And uh, at the time I was writing a few things, a few blogs here and there, but then um, around um, in 2011 I started the Couch Talk uh, podcast that you've been guests on many times. Um, and uh, 2012, I covered a test series 
in uh, West Indies. It was West Indies, New Zealand, and uh, considering it was a test series that didn't, wouldn't draw attention of the majority of the cricket world uh, in terms of spending a big budget to go cover it, I thought, well, that's a good uh, avenue, a good point of entry for me. And uh, I think I covered it for Crick Info. I asked, I sent an email to the people in Crick Info and they said, uh, yeah, they would like somebody to go cover it. Um, and I guess even though I've never really had a reporting experience before, they must have seen something in my writing. Um, I think by the time I may have written a couple of pieces for Crick Info too, I'm not sure. Um, but they took a punt on me. Uh, and uh, you know, from Samit Ball to Siddharth Monga to George Binoy to um, uh, Bryden Coverdale. A lot of them uh, actually helped uh, guide me through the test series in how to uh, cover cricket, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, so I'm very thankful for that opportunity as well as the guidance. Um, and uh, from there on, you know, once you go cover test series. I was very nervous. Uh, we can talk about uh, how the, all that transpired later on. Uh, but, uh, you know, I got the bug and uh, I started traveling more and more to uh, watch cricket across the world. Um, then it was just a matter of, you know, traveling for a longer time so that I can stay for an entire series or an entire tournament, which allowed me to then cover a World T20 in Bangladesh in 2014. And then I had made a plan of uh, traveling the world with my wife for nine months. And then I thought, well, you know, you need money to support your trip. So good way to do it would be covering cricket as you go along and uh, writing for various publications, outlets around the world. Um, and I did that for nine months and uh, I covered test series and a World Cup tournament in Australia, New Zealand. And then uh, right after that, I covered the Ashes in England in 2015. And then I went off the grid for, uh, you know, two to three years and then came back, uh, revived the podcast and then went to West Indies to cover the West India, India West Indies India Test Series. And then I went off to uh, London to watch an Ashes Test. So it comes and goes. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm not full time anything. Um, so I do it because it's fun and I do it because it's there to be done and uh, gives me pleasure to do it. Well, that's wonderful. Then next week you're in the Caribbean again for the champ, uh, for the Caribbean Premier League. Is that right? Yes, at the time of recording. So I'm like three days out. Um, planning on going to Trinidad to uh, cover the semi-final and the final of the uh, CPL 2019. Um, and uh, as it so happens, I have a few podcasts uh, lined up with uh, players and officials, match officials there. Um, so... You know, there is always something to do uh, rather just watching beyond just watching cricket. So to a way to talk about cricket, um, describe cricket as to understand what's going on. So more the better. What I find fascinating is the range of things that you have been able to do. When we were growing up, there were limited forms of cricket coverage, right? I mean, you could either listen to it on the radio or you could watch it on TV or you could read about it in the next day's newspaper or you could read you could watch the the sports section of the evening news right but with the internet you now have session reports and you have live ball by ball on the internet and you have twitter and you have podcasts 
and you have uh, you know reporters being sent to do the match reports and other reporters from the same publication being sent to do features for some of the bigger marquee series you have uh, the official commentary which itself is a big subject and has you know evolved out beyond recognition in the last 20 years and then you have the sort of the the guerrilla commentary you know which is people are doing commentary and very good commentary by watching the game on tv and doing live commentary while they do that so with all these forms when you are and you worked in many of these forms so are you conscious that the forms are different when you work in these different forms and are the are the sort of requirements of each form sort of explicitly evident to you or do you think of everything as you know well it's just observing cricket well yes and no uh, in the sense that it is still observing cricket talking about cricket but to the level of detail and the depth and in some cases breadth that you do uh, varies from the different forms uh, you cannot if you're doing a 2 uh, to 3 minute clip whether it's audio video uh, or for that matter you're sending a 280 characters tweet um, there is only so much you can pack into that so much information so much detail uh there are certain things that you cannot do in certain formats that you choose certain things you can do so which is why you try to explore many different formats because i'm sure as i do uh so does everybody else that watches cricket covers cricket or consumes cricket however you want to call it um has to say um to everybody thinks they have a very unique point of view and you are no different to it than i or anybody else and they want to convey that to the wider world um and um if you can pass that information along or what you think is your understanding of what is going on in in a more engaging slash entertaining way to the reader listener viewer um then um you know you have done a good job of uh, conveying information and then uh, the more the better you get at it and more people engage with you because you're doing good job of it then um you know you try to identify what you're really good at and what areas you need to work on um just to step back uh, you know you talked about growing up there are only very few limited forms uh, through which we uh, learned about cricket talked about cricket and how cricket was discussed uh, so on and so forth uh, whereas there are two people that i would give a lot of credit to um in how i've tried to approach uh, you know in my limited sense you know there are a lot of people doing a lot more things but in my limited sense uh, i've tried to explore many different uh, content format um you know i one is uh, bill simmons on ESP, used to be on esp and now is on ringer and then two jared kimber um because both these guys came from way out of left field not your traditional cricket uh media sort of thing um and um you know both of them started as bloggers but they continually um, explored avenues of generating content because eventually that's what matters you know it has to be you have to have a lot of content and a lot of good content that is how you have engagement and uh, loyalty from your 
uh, readers, viewers, listeners, etc. Um, so you've, you know, and uh, so that kind of they set the kind of template. So I'm not, you know, doing anything new. They've kind of set the template as to what you can do. What I try to do is finding areas that are uh, unexplored. And, uh, you know, for example, Couchstock, uh, I'll, I'm proud of that. You know, I've written, I've done cartoons, I've done video chat shows and commentary and all that. But I'm very proud of uh, the podcast because there isn't anyone, anything like that in within cricket. Uh, where there are interviews with people playing the sport, uh, watching the sport, writing about the sport, uh, so and the newsmakers within the sport, administering the sport, etc. Um, so you try to find, you know, you you need to be able to write, you need to be able to generate content, whether you know you need to be able to convey your thoughts in 400, 500 words, or some cases 280 characters, uh, to uh, writing 2,000, 5,000 words. Uh, to be able to uh, do a podcast, to be able to appear in front of a camera, uh, to show up on commentary. Uh, you have to be able to do a lot of, there is a bigger demand. If you want to have a uh, sustainable existence covering cricket and you're not an ex-player, then you have to explore yourself in many different ways. Look at Harsha Bogle. You know, he always says that, uh, you know, he's, he's one of the more well-known global voice uh, in calling cricket these days. And yet he continuously tries to do things. I mean, during this, uh, we are uh, we are recording this on uh, what, uh, after day four of India's South Africa test series. And uh, Harsha Bogle started a new thing with uh, CrickBuzz called CrickBuzz Chatter, where it's a uh, to the camera um, show that he's doing with uh, Sean Pollock. And I'm sure you'll have different guests depending on different series. So, you know, if that guy who has done everything and is known and has made all the money that he will ever need, still continually exploring, then as should we. Any of us that uh, has been in cricket for uh, six months or 60 months or, you know, 16 years, whatever, you need to continually try to see what is it that you can do, a way that you can provide content that is unique, informational to the people watching cricket. Broadly, there are sort of two, it seems to me, points in time when you discuss cricket, right? One is while it's going on, which is the live color commentary, whether it's on the internet or on TV or on radio. And the second is a reflection at the end of the game or at the end of the day about what you saw. How are they different? What do you try to do in one which you don't try to do in the other? The first one, obviously, you have to convey what's going on immediately. And you have to say that with authority. Whereas after the game has played, the dust has settled, you have time to reflect. And uh, you then you try to pick it apart. You find the various strands. Uh, one is immediacy. Another one is reflective. That's the fundamental difference between those two things. Um, as the action is unfolding, you cannot go into any sort of deep discussions about um, existential realities of cricket and all that. Because... The sport is happening and you need to address that first and foremost. And that's moving at, you know, roughly um, one delivery every 30 to 60 seconds. So you need to address that. So you don't have much time uh, to think uh, when you're covering sport live. Whereas as it has ended, then, yes, um, you, know, you have a lot more time to think, ruminate uh, and uh, 
put everything in some sort of, I know you would hate this word, context, um, to paint a picture of what that what is it that we have seen, what does it mean, you know, so on and so forth. So that is the essential difference between those two. And they, not everybody can do both of those things. Um, some people are quite capable. They can do ball by ball commentary and both audio, video, text, uh, or over by over, um, all that. And also, and uh, at the end of the day, they can sit back, unwind, go to a press conference or not, uh, and then sit down and write uh, 2,000 words on the passage of play uh, or uh, entire thing that happened that day. So there are very few people that are capable of doing both sides of things, um, whereas majority of the people are one or the other. I, I fall on the second category. I cannot do uh, instant analysis. It's, it takes me a while and my thought processes are slower. Uh, I'm not that creative to be quick on my feet to come up with engaging thoughts constantly for seven hours. Maybe I can do it for 20 minutes, but I can't do it for seven hours. Um, so usually I let uh, the cricket play itself out, see... Uh, what themes um, it throws at you. Uh, so I watch cricket with a very open mind uh, instead of thinking, you know, I have to write about this player or that player or this passage of play uh, because there is so much social media. In, uh, you know, there is some viral video of something, somebody doing something or saying something, yada, 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 um, that I have to write. No, I don't. Uh, I just watch the entire six, seven hours, whatever it is. Uh, and then sit back and uh, listen to the uh, press conference, go to the press conferences. And if I have questions, I ask them. Uh, and then uh, I sit and then I write. Uh, so I'm um, I'm not really good with uh, deadline writing. You know, people generally watch cricket and then 35 minutes later, 45 minutes later, something is up. Uh, the quality varies depending on how long you have done that. You know, somebody like Gideon uh, will write a phenomenal report within uh, hour of the end of the match or the day's play and uh, some other people just write junk and goes up on the newspaper but they're also doing a service in terms of they're telling you this is what happened you could do that uh, but uh, to write something like Gideon where he says this is what happened but this is an interesting way of reading about it which is what he does I've tried doing it um, and I do injustice to the cricket and injustice to myself and to the people that are paying me to write it um, so I usually take my time unwind, move, remove myself from the cricket that has happened so that I can take a little bit more objective view of uh, the happenings before I, you know, put my finger to the keyboard. You watch cricket from the press box and you watched it from the stands, like from the posh seats and from from mid-wicket, you know. Uh, so, what, what what is different about watching a game from the press box? What what how does the environment of the press box like? Uh, is it is it is it not is it not sort of uniform more or less uniform all over the world? I think uh, watching the sport, if you can afford to have a straight view, you know, along the pitch view from the stands, is the best thing to do. Um, watching from press box has its benefits. But I think sitting in the stands with, um, you know, bowlers on view is the best place, especially if you have some company that is has uh, that you can have a conversation in cricket with. That is the best way to watch cricket in my experiences anyway. 
press boxes, um, watching it from a press box, it's it's a very different experience. Some press boxes are uh, very um, soundproof, uh, and you have kind of you're detached from the reality of what's happening just a few hundred feet away. Um, you watch you watch the action and then uh, you're having conversation with somebody or you're distracted because you're watching something on your computer. Now that you have, you know, Wi-Fi and you have uh, soft drinks and uh, snacks and stuff at your desk you can, and there are people that uh, sit next to you, so you, get, there are, you can get easily distracted. So you miss certain things, but you always catch up on it because there are multiple television screens. So there is no real pressure on you um, if you miss something because you can always look at a television screen. Whereas if you're sitting in the stands and if you have um, not every country will replay the entire action uh, on their uh, video replay board, um, right? So there is a little bit more pressure on you and you have just paid more money out of your pocket to sit in the stands. So um, there is actually pressure on you to pay attention. So you pay a lot more attention to the cricket. So from that point of view, it's better to sit in the stands. However, there are benefits to sitting in the press box. One is, well, it's not hot. It's actually air conditioned. Uh, you have snacks, you have food, uh, you have water, um, and you have television replays, you have internet access, so you can look up scorecards and um, um, stats guru and uh, chat with people on Twitter and so on and so forth. And there are some places, um, depending on who you sit next to, uh, sitting in a press box could be quite advantageous in the sense that, you know, if you are sitting next to a veteran um, cricket reporter correspondent and uh, they usually provide you gems that you wouldn't know because you're younger or you're younger in terms of age or experience in covering cricket. And then they'll tell you, yeah. You know, 15 years ago, this happened or 30 years ago, this happened. And they'll tell you about the time they, you know, ran into, I don't know, Sachin Tendulkar or or uh, they talked to Shane Vaughan or something like that. And then they give you additional insight that gives you a new strand of thought on uh, what is it that's happening and what is it that you're thinking about. Uh, and um, and you put that in, you know, it may not come to use right away, but you put it in your memory store, storage and then comes in handy at some point down the line. There are some drawbacks to the uh, press box too, um, because sometimes it could become a hive mentality. Uh, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of them would uh, say and do the same things. Uh, they will have a very similar take on what's going on on the field. Um, so maybe they all came to the same conclusion independently, but uh, that I think that would be a very naive uh, take on things. Um, so, and sometimes it gets very frustrating too, because uh, when you watch cricket um, or write about cricket, talk about cricket, uh, interview people and all that, you learn about the sport, you learn about uh, the contest between the bat and ball, you understand. You are, Then you learn certain truths and then you hold them to be truths. And then people will come along and say outrageous things. Um, for example, there was this person in um, a press box in West Indies. And uh, there was an appeal. Uh, I think it was the uh, hat-trick delivery, actually. It was Bumrah's hat-trick delivery, bowl to Shamar Brooks. And uh, he gets LBW, uh, you know, or hits the pad. Um, 
there's a very polite appeal, but then Bumrah gives up, umpire's Paul Rifle gives not out, but Kohli wants in and they get it. And then there is another person, um, they are within the West Indies system, and uh, they start immediately talking about conspiracy theories about uh, DRS and how uh, ball tracking gets fixed and this and that. And um, as it turns out, ball tracking said uh, it was out and there was no inside edge, so he gets his third wicket hat trick and all that. And uh, so sometimes uh, it's very frustrating when you hear completely unhinged, uneducated opinions just being spouted. You know, people are saying because they know the language, they they can speak, utter a few words and then uh, string together a sentence. They make claims and thoughts and think they are being either clever or funny or insightful. And they're none of those things. And uh, it grates you. And it's, this is not a unique situation. Sometimes you hear some off-base thoughts, uh, cynical thoughts. Um, and that was one of the reasons why, because there was a point in time I thought, you know, I could do this cricket thing full time. You know, I could be a reporter on the road. Um, it has its advantages and major drawbacks, which is that you travel all the time and you're away from your folks uh, quite a bit. Um, so kudos to the people that get on the road and do this all the time. So a lot of credit to them. But I, I realized I couldn't do it. Uh, and also I could not survive in that environment of cynicism um, and um, ill-conceived, ill-informed thoughts constantly. There are a lot of very uh, astute, sharp observers of cricket uh, in every press box. But then for every one of those, there are like five others that are not. And that eventually uh, grinds you down. So and I, I couldn't take that. And uh, as much as I enjoy talking cricket with the people that understand cricket really well, um, you also have to interact because it's a social contract uh, with others that are not. And that kind of beats you down. And uh, I couldn't do that anymore. The sense I'm getting is that you seem to have a view that the press box is something which is, how should I put it, which is, which is best, uh, which is best consumed in small doses. Is that is that fair? Yeah, that's a fair thing to say from my experience. Um, and as it happened, you know, I could only take the press box in small doses. Uh, but you know, the press box is a weird thing, um, depending on where you are and what series is going on. Maybe it's a high-profile series. Maybe it's a global tournament. Uh, I'll give you an example. I think this was uh, World Cup quarterfinal in uh, MCG, uh, India v. Bangladesh, I believe. And uh, it's a giant big press box in uh, Melbourne and pretty much every single seat was taken. There were a lot of Indian journalists that were spread, spread across Australia and New Zealand. Now everybody is like, concentrated in one area. And I was uh, covering for uh, as a second reporter for midday uh, in Mumbai. And also freelancing for a few other websites like First Post and stuff. Um, and um, so the match is unfolding. And then suddenly a lot of the Indian journalists around me vanished. It's like, whoa, where did they go? And then a few minutes later, you know, I had my social media accounts open on my computer. And I start seeing a lot of photographs pop up on my timeline, Facebook timeline. And it was all... The journalists that were sitting next to me, they're all having the selfies taken or taking pictures of Sachin Tendulkar. Because Tendulkar had appeared at the ground and as a guest of 
the ICC, I think global ambassador or whatever. And he was sitting with uh, David Richardson and all these guys were gone. And it's a weird thing. Um, I guess Sachin kind of does that to people. That uh, weird, you know, like, hey, here is my picture with Sachin. I put it on. I'm like, no, you're here you have to watch cricket. And you just missed 30 minutes of cricket, really. So it's a bizarre thing. Uh, so I was like, well. So it's a simple thing, but um, that left like a very bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be around these things constantly. So maybe I'm the cynic here. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, no, I mean, there seems to be a tension. No? There seems to be a tension between what people might like to read and what is important and urgent in the moment, right? Like during the World Cup final, obviously, the World Cup final is important and also, you know, urgent. It's live. Uh, so, you, you know, if you want, if you're covering it, you have to watch it. But, you know, the newspaper back in India will obviously not never turn away from like a picture with Sachin Tendulkar on their, on their front page or their sports page or whatever. I mean, it's always very popular. So, I mean, this is a, this is a tension, isn't it? Between describing the game and describing only the popular parts of the game. I mean, to put it more, you know, in simpler words, it's, whether uh, you, you want to describe cricket or you want to do clickbait. It's yeah. that simple, right? And uh, you could but say, you oh, click. yeah, yeah I, I get that. Clickbait um, pays my salary, you could say. But what you're not saying is good content also can pay you, but it takes a lot of work and it's more satisfying work. So you, know, you could say it's a business. We have to run a business, profit, this and that, yada, yada. But you can achieve the same things by doing things well, uh, describing the cricket, because cricket is the first and foremost thing. You know, Tindalka doesn't exist without cricket. Your newspaper doesn't, if you're a cricket publication, your publication doesn't exist without cricket. So the main attraction here is the cricket. So your duty is to cricket. You cannot sacrifice cricket for something else. You can't move away so much from cricket that you can only do, you, because if, let's say you make a call saying that, uh, Clickbait pays me, so I'm going to do all clickbaity stuff. Sure. You know what? People are going to get tired of it. There are there have been blogs, Twitter accounts, podcasts that uh, that had uh, that were that thought they are covering cricket, but eventually they got more seduced by the number of clicks certain topics got, so they only tried to produce content in one particular way, and um, you know it works for a few months, and then they vanish. Because eventually, once all the clutter is goes away, you know, your understanding of cricket and how will you convey that information about cricket is what's going to stand out always. I'll, I'll give you a simple example. And I, I like to go back to Jared Kimber on this. You know, Jared had a very unique writing style that he brought to cricket blogging. And it, that was unheard, unseen uh, before him. And uh, once he started and it became kind of popular, everybody thought that they could be Jared Kimber, which is you, no one should ever try to be the next Jared Kimber. They should be the first, whoever they are. Um, but they tried to copy his style uh, and thought they're doing well. And there were some takers for those people that were trying to ape 
Jared and try to claim it as his own, their own. Um, but then Jared, however he provided content, always was rooted in excellent understanding of cricket. So his knowledge of cricket, knowledge of the history of cricket and understanding the fine balance between bat and ball and the contest is as good as anybody that is covering cricket. So everybody thinks because of how his content comes across, they think they can copy it. But all that is driven by very intimate knowledge of cricket. I don't mean to make this hagiography of uh, Jared, but, you know, that's what it takes to write, you know. And because your writing is or talking about is rooted in cricket, you are the master of how you want to convey the content. So you can go do a podcast. You can go write something. You can draw a cartoon. You can do a comic video. Uh, you can do a funny two-minute, three-minute um, internet videos or whatever, right? Because you're very sound in your understanding of cricket and that you're always being true to that. Whereas people that see one aspect or one format of Jared and think they can copy it, they're very limited. They're not coming, it from, coming to it from the right point of view. So to go back to your question, the tension, sure, it exists. It's, I think it's a perceived tension. Uh, one saying that, you know, we need to do clickbaity stuff because that is popular. It's a race to the bottom. You have to make the call saying that, you know what, content will always win out. Content is the king. If you keep generating good content, really thoughtful content over a long period of time, that will win out eventually. So if, if you are making short term decisions, sure, short term clickbaits, uh, pictures with uh, Sachin Tendulkar or whoever else, or you, uh, you know, you write a piece about how Rohit Sharma was heard on the microphone swearing. Uh, great. But yeah. you, if you're not talking about Rohit Sharma's uh, knocks, opening the innings and uh, playing in two different, like he basically played two different innings. Um, yeah. And uh, there is so much to learn about his batting. Um, you know, you can go back to how he batted as a middle order batsman for Mumbai and middle order batsman for India and then middle order batsman for India and limited overs and test cricket and then as opening batsman and limited overs now in test cricket. And then there's a long story, large story to be said. And you can break yeah. it into many different pieces and you can keep writing on Rohit Sharma for 10 days. But, you know, oh, here is uh, Rohit Sharma swearing at Chetash Pujara. Yeah. So funny. Much wow. Um, you can do that. Um, yeah. But, you know, um, it's a perceived tension and you have to make the call of what do you think is the right thing to do? Uh, and uh, that's not just cricket, anything in life. Um, you know, you just don't do things because it's easy and convenient. You do things because it's the right thing to do. And sometimes it's the right thing to do is not easy to do. Uh, it's, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of understanding. Uh, you have to do that legwork to understand cricket, understand Rohit Sharma, in this case, Rohit Sharma's batting and what's happening on this pitch. Uh, you have to keep an open mind, uh, know, get rid of preconceived notions and stuff. It takes a lot of work. Speaking of thoughtful work, how excited are you to attend press conferences and ask questions of, you know, Michael Clark or Ricky Ponting or MS Dhoni? Any, anytime you, I go to a press conference and I go to a lot of, you know, every match I cover, I try to attend the press conference. A lot of senior journalists uh, give it a skip because, you know, they may attend a pre-series or post-series press conference, uh, but they don't go to the day-to-day -day stuff. A lot of the correspondents, beat writers, so to speak, uh, would go to 
um, press conference every day. And I like to go to press conference because it's time for me to unwind from the day's action and listen to what the players have to say. And I used to be very, um, uh, what, how should I put it? Um, pissed off with some of the questions I used to hear. I, I still am. Um, but, uh, you know, they'll say like, so how do you think the pitch behaved? You know, usually they'll start, press conference will start with that. And uh, I was like, weren't you watching? Uh, wasn't it obvious there was low and slow? Wasn't it obvious there was bouncy and seeming? Uh, so on and so forth. Um, and then I realized the importance of that because they're also thinking through, um, you know, somebody asking the question may have just done a piece or, um, you know, they just want few quotes related to the conditions. Maybe it was challenging conditions. Maybe it was benign conditions. I don't know. They want some quote because some uh, player that actually played on that surface saying that, yes, it was flat, uh, it was slow, or it was uh, Turner, it was slow Turner, or it was seeming all over the place, whatever. That carries authority rather than you as a correspondent saying that it was flat and uh, uh, slow or turning square, whatever. So I see the point of view, uh, the point in asking the question so that that you can write the sentence with the authority of the player that actually performed on that stage. Um, but also it gives you time to build a um, flow of questions in the press conference rather than jumping around. Uh, it gives the player um, to refocus the thoughts. Uh, but press conferences, do they do ask quite a lot of banal questions uh, and also quite a lot of um, uh, questions that are, I don't know what the word would be, it's, but I'm going to go with the unfair, um, that are very pointed and very um, black and white sort of questions. You know, no player ever wants to go out there and bowl a, bowl a bad ball. No player ever want to go, goes out there to get out and not score runs or not score runs fast enough, so on and so forth. Nobody does that. Um, so that is, you know, you have to have that essential understanding. Uh, you have to have that courtesy. You have to concede that, Everybody's out there trying to do their best, whether you are a cricket player or official or a cricket reporter. You know, he could turn around. You could say, like, oh, you know, you didn't do it well enough. And then he could turn around and say, like, well, I read a few of your pieces. You know, I think uh, it's time uh, they cut the uh, your uh, expense account or per diem. Uh, but players are better than that. They don't do it. Uh, either they don't want to escalate, stoop down to that level or. Uh, they're like, I can't be asked. I'm only here because it's a professional obligation. Uh, it's a contract between the two boards and I'm supposed to, we are supposed to produce a, a team representative at the end of every day's play, so on and so forth. So people complaining that somebody didn't show up or did show up, didn't answer, didn't answer, press conference. So I try to avoid um, asking questions that are leading, uh, leading questions. So I try to I try to ask questions that allows uh, the player to inform me a bit more about the cricket that went on, uh, rather than like, hey, you know, you did not do this or you did this. Why did you do this? Why did you not do this? Uh, sort of thing. And a lot of the questions are like that. And uh, that kind of frustrates. Uh, it's frustrating to, I'm sure, to the players. Um, uh, it's definitely frustrating to me when, whenever, whenever I go. 
so which is why some other senior people don't attend these press conferences perhaps uh, but um, there are so you know there is a lot of media training uh, given to the players um, and uh, once they are you know in the cricket scene for you know year or two or a little bit more they understand the uh, the inter- interplay of press conferences and uh, they know what they can say what they cannot say what they shouldn't say uh, and uh, what gets the press conference uh, or press contingent on their side you know uh, things like that uh, and uh, so they become masters of saying a whole lot without saying anything kind of like uh, what i did just now if i was learning about cricket right now if i was being introduced to the game right now how would i go about it you know because there's so much different information with different levels of detail available right if you follow twitter and if you suppose someone made a list of cricket reporters on twitter right and mm-hmm. shared it and i gave it to someone gave it to me to say okay follow these people and if you follow them over a month or over a series you will learn something about the game right mm. but mm. you will learn that what you learn there will be very different from watching live commentary for like one test match so it seems to me that there are so many pictures being created that you know the our standards our standard approach to sort of reconciling all these problems is that well it's all about opinion and it doesn't really matter what's right and what's not right you know and it's really not worth examining what's right and what's not right is there a is there a device is there a way that you would recommend to viewers or people who are trying to you know learn about the game who have not maybe not watched the game for 25 years or maybe who didn't play the game when they were small mm. uh, and are just getting into it what what should they do the most important thing that you can do to try to understand cricket is to watch it or play it and if you're not yeah. playing it then the most important thing you can do is watch it very closely of course when you watch it closely uh, it's better to watch it from the stadium um but um tv also paints a picture but you only see a particular point of view even on television that the producer wants you to see which is why watching it in a stadium with somebody that uh, has seen and followed and talked about cricket a long time so that you can ask questions now if you don't have that opportunity then the best way to do uh, would be to watch it very closely listen to what the experts on television have to say test cricket when you're watching it you have to understand how is the bowler trying to get the batsman out that's that's the first thing you have to ask and then you look at uh, you know where the fielders are what angles the bowler is trying to bowl so on and so and what kind of batsman it is and that should tell you a lot of what is happening and that is the only question you have to keep asking every single delivery how is the bowler trying to get the batsman out this delivery you know we we've been talking about the press and all the different forms of the press and one of the roles of the press is not merely to sort of produce content for consumers right it is to it is to cover a sport and a sport is a unique thing in society mm-hmm. right this is why i think this question is 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 an interesting one to end on which is and it's open ended right i don't think we can answer it here but it's worth thinking about i think that it has become very easy to publish an opinion by default you sort of get to a stage where well it's all opinion it doesn't really matter and 
do you think that runs some risk of sort of us becoming okay with not caring about what's true and what's not true or about the possibility of some things being true and some things being not true or some things being good arguments and some things not being good arguments there is always that danger if if you think something doesn't make sense you should say something does not make sense you're only rude in how you ask the question not because you asked the question you know so you should never shy away from asking the question always ask the question what's the worst that you, that's going to happen yeah, you're not going to get, get an answer. answer you're not going to answer well you're not getting an answer anyway because you're yeah. just assuming an answer for somebody else which is much worse we should be a bit more rude to each other so that we can be more civil down the road i think the whole notion of well it's all opinion is sort of a fear of disagreeing i think it's also a fear of like oh if i point finger at somebody that means somebody's going to point finger at me generally people um, uh, are okay with being challenged uh, as long as you put it in polite terms the question doesn't have to be polite but the question has to be phrased politely because we live in a society right on that note subhash thank you very much my pleasure kartikeya thanks for having me on the inaugural podcast that was subhash jayaraman reflecting on a decade of covering cricket as a hobby subhash tweets at cricket couch i tweet at cricketing view do write to us with your thoughts 